We just have a record. What did you just say to me? I said that sometimes facing our fears is what makes us even stronger. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Sometimes, you know, uh, running away from our fears gives us more endurance. Well, there's a few (laughs) things in life that I, I don't know if afraid of is the right word, but I... I definitely put off doing uh, getting my oil changed on my car. I think we've talked about that before. You haven't gotten that oil changed, huh? No, I think I got one since the last time we talked about it. But as I grow nearer and nearer to the the little deadline that they give you, uh, and as I pass it up, uh, it becomes harder and harder for me to face my fears and go see the guys at Jiffy Lube, especially when I'm well past due uh the dentist same way not a big fan of the dentist that's a fear of mine that i should probably look in look in the eyes and just face but so i'm kind of a hypocrite here i am telling you to face your fears i don't do it i wouldn't call you a hypocrite i think yeah it's just more human than anything you want the best for people around you you know when you're i do genuinely a nice person you want you want the best for people around you but it's it's so much harder to turn that on yourself do as i say not as i do yeah yeah rules for thee not for me if you stay ready you don't have to get ready (laughs) there you go there you go i don't have a retort for that one because that's that's the truth the book of ifs the book of ifs. Oh my gosh. That's like a, uh, when we're looking back on a career in podcasting, the book of ifs might be, um, might be the right title. Maybe when we hit like a milestone episode, if we get to that far, we are nearing, I'm not going to say the number because I'm humble, but we are nearing a milestone in terms of downloads and oh, we are. 100? maybe, maybe what'd you say? A hundred? hundred? Nah, fam, we're better than 100. You know, like I said, I don't want to say the number. Uh, I don't want to make other podcasts feel insecure. It's 500 or maybe it's in increments of 100 right now. Yeah, but when we hit that milestone, maybe we put out the book of ifs, just kind of a, a a retrospective on the ifs from years gone by. On what we've learned. What we've learned in, in X amount of big ifs. What have what, we learned? I'm not sure what we've learned. We really haven't talked about learning anything. Well, I do have something for a little later that might be a nice little chunk of information that you would learn and kind of just put in your back pocket, you know, for future use. Okay. But I do I do think back to what have I learned over the course of a year and a half of semi-regularly doing this with you i think uh i was so when you reached out this morning about recording i was thinking to myself like are we getting better at this or or like and then i was like oh you know i had some joke about like how instead of um instead of uh just ai like you could have an ai man and it'd just be amen and that's all I really had for it. And I was thinking to myself, like, that's not, that's not material. You don't know unless you fire that bullet though. Yeah. But I I can't even figure out a time to bring up that joke organically. It wasn't, you know, it's, it's bad. I do have a list of mediocre jokes on my, um, on my desktop that I wrote. Really? Yeah. You want to hear one of them? I would love to. All right. Let me take a look through here. Um, oh, so you okay. do you do have material that you like set aside and kind of look for the perfect moment to weave it in like it's it's holstered and ready to go as uh, so i'm sure that i've got uh, a little um limerick or an anecdote for for a bunch of situations and um i know my wife probably gets tired of them because th- they could probably say something like um 
I don't know, a, talk about an ATV. If there's a conversation about an ATV, I've got a little ATV story. Now that's a fresher one, but there are some that I reach into the bag a lot on, I feel like. But um, nothing that's like, I'm not practicing in the mirror. Are you a Seinfeld guy? Love Seinfeld. Do you remember the episode where uh, they were in an office setting and George was just housing uh, shrimp with cocktail sauce? And, oh, yeah, jerk store. Yeah, so the guy says to George, hey, the ocean called, they're running out of shrimp. And in right. the moment, he the moment he kind of crumbled there, but he he came up with something later on down the line and it was the jerk store line uh have you had a moment like that where you had something that you you thought about and you're like "Ooh, if i get another chance this is what i'm gonna say yes i'm sure i have nothing comes to mind but i'm sure i've been like ah i should have said that i think that's why that episode is such a classic it's relatable i uh i recently kind of leading up to a, a situation kind of had workshopped a line that I was looking forward to saying and I did I got to use it and I don't know to me I feel like it hit but I don't know do you want to hear the line before you yeah I do want to hear it but before you you fire this line off how did you workshop it I don't I don't recall the, mirror, the process. The what? The mirror or just kind of like you're sitting there staring blankly at the TV and running through how it's going to come off of your tongue? Yeah, more the latter. Like I'm not a stare in the mirror and kind of visualize and go through things that way, you know, leading up to a podcast. I don't look in the mirror and kind of practice what I'm going to do in the A block or anything like that. But I, you know, I did. I knew that a certain situation and I'm not, I hate to be vague, but I'm not going to go into what it was necessarily, but I did kind of, I don't remember the time frame either. Like if it was just a night that I had to stew on it, but I remember coming up with a line and I, I thought, Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to put that in my back pocket. And when the right moment comes up, I'm, I'm going to go with it. And here's the line. Uh, I believe it was, if I was a guy oh. like you, what? Is someone prompting you to say this? Is there like, like, what is the situation that someone's prompting? Like you have to, is this a diss track? No, I wouldn't call it a diss track. I don't have, you know, I, I don't have beef with anybody really at this point. Uh, but in, at the time there was, uh, you know, whatever, but uh, the line that I did say, and I was happy with it was, if I was a guy like you, I wouldn't like a guy like me either. Oh, okay. I like that. I what like are your thoughts? I, I, first off, just uh, structurally, there's some great parallelism going on in that line. A guy like you, a guy like me. It's like, a, it's, a, it's a copy thing. But um, I like what you're saying because it sounds to me like if I were you, I would be intimidated of me. Right. By me. Yeah. So you think that was good? I I liked it. How did it land? Uh I think it I think it hit pretty good. Um you know, cuz I I I wanted something I wanted something that would just be like a quick a quick jab and I tried to deliver it with a little cadence where it was just like I didn't draw it out. Hey, if I was a guy like you, I wouldn't like a guy like me either and just I wanted it to kind of just be that that knockout punch, and I don't know that it it was that, but I, I thought it was good. And uh, but you, yeah, that's the, it's on air. Yeah, it was on. It was on air. Oh, okay. All right, we're breaking news now already. We got KG in O Town, who was uh, locally famous there in the St. Louis area, who just admitted on air that he is he is preloading lines. <laughs> yeah i don't know what to say to that uh it's That's not like okay. i have a, it's not like i have a ghostwriter. it was my line i just didn't oh, yeah. it wasn't yeah it wasn't spur of the moment and this is you know i my, think 
write it up to uh, chalk it up to pre-production. If you if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. You know. There you go. Some more uh, parallelism right there. So yeah, that was when I was kind of beefing with Iggy and. I did. I hit him with that line when I felt like he had kind of pushed me and prodded me a certain in a certain scenario. And since we have squashed it, I spent the last few days with him at the golf tournament. It was a great time. Um, I'm glad that that part of of that chapter of my life is over. I don't in no walk of life. If I am I looking to carry around resentment and have like beefs going on. But, you know, I did get. um I was, I hung out at this golf tournament for a couple days and the question that I got more often than any other question, uh, do you have any idea what, what somebody might ask me more, more frequently than other things? I would guess like, how come you haven't, how come they haven't brought you on full time or, or something about like your status within the station? That's a great that's a great thought process, but it was actually, can I ask what happened with Cassie? Oh. <laughs> and what do you, how do you uh, respond to something like that? I told him the truth. I, I don't, you know, if I tried to come up with real, some real salacious story, um, something that was a little more titillating, if it ever got exposed that I fabricated that, I would feel like a fraud. So I decided to just tell him the truth that I think she was pointed in a direction and heard some things out of context that she didn't like. And that 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 chapter and that that's another chapter that's closed and finished. And, you know, I kind of had to explain why. Because uh, I had brought up on the air one day, I think somebody said something about, oh, did you see, I bet KG saw what Cassie tweeted. And I was like, no, I unfollowed her. And they're like, whoa, what's going on? And I go, I don't really want to talk about it. And I was playing it up a little bit, but it was right at the end of a show and we didn't really have time to to dive into it that day. So yeah. the, the TMA listeners oh, were kind of left with a little tease there, a cliffhanger. So yeah, I had multiple people yesterday at the golf tournament come up to me and say, Hey, what, what happened with Cassie? So I kind of explained how I don't think we'll be hearing much from Miss Moore anymore, either on TMA or on the big, if both equally uh, popular in terms of listenership and sponsorship dollars. But yeah, I, I, I got that question quite a, quite a bit yesterday. Wow. Ne never more is what you're just. <laughs> That's great. That that, that could be the title of something. Never more. M-O-O-R-E. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we are, um, you know, living post Cassie Moore, should we be searching for more Cassies? That was I like what you're doing. You're firing on all cylinders today. No, no. I woke up in a shit mood today, but I'm um, happy in to be on in a post Cassie Moore world, how do we continue? We'll find a way. We'll find a way. So um, this line that you dropped, yeah, have the effect that you were you were hoping for. Uh, yeah, because I think like a, a right around that time is when maybe the beef ended. Up, I think maybe the next day or something. Maybe even it was that day. Uh, somebody else that was co-hosting kind of put us in that uncomfortable situation where it was like, what is the, what is the, where did this beef start? And we kind of got to both tell our side of the story a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Which was odd for TMA to have a moment of like two people kind of being truthful and honest <laughs> and vulnerable. Yeah. It's mostly just a shit show and a roast, but um, I think Iggy had felt a little bit, uh, you know, he, he takes a lot of shit on the show. He's a punching bag in terms of what the texters and the emailers kind of take yeah. some shots at him. Yeah. And you're, you're another pugilist coming into the studio here. And that's right. He said, he said my shots, the way I was doing it, I think hit a little bit different because at that time I had become more and more of like a part-time employee. I wasn't necessarily just a listener like everybody else. Um, and I understood that point of view. And I just told him, you know, my 
I always thought it was in the the roasting nature of the show and in good fun. And I never meant anything personal by it. And if I told him that if he was taking offense or thought that I was taking unnecessary shots, that I would cease fire. And uh, I haven't completely ceased fire because he'll say and do some things where it's like, I can't let that go. But I, I don't go out of my way to make a TikTok yeah. where he's kind of the butt of the joke. So gotcha. that beef is over. He was complimentary. We, I had a big day on social media for the TMA Instagram the other day. Yeah, that and, golf I noticed. Yeah, we had uh, Lisa Ann, former adult actress, was out as the guest of honor. She's become a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was out hanging out. Um, and when she gets her hands on social and starts tagging us and some stuff, that's a big boost for us too. But yeah, the weather was the weather was perfect. Uh, it was sold out. Uh, the the team that that puts it together, I I, I got kind of got to see from up close how much of an undertaking that is, and that part of thing has got to be stressful with a lot of different moving parts. But seemed to go off without a hitch and. People were complimentary of the social media work I did that day, which was, I mean, hell, it was fun. It, you know, it's fun to do. And that's, that's how I know that that's what I'm meant to do. Like in terms of a job is because when I'm doing that, it's, it doesn't feel like work. I just like doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel when I'm, when I'm filming Then I get in like, uh, I don't know, there's some sort of weird high you get where like time goes quickly. And um, once you're done, you're like, shit, like I, I wish I had more time to do this. Yeah. And like helping the TMA product grow. um, That's I've gotten to kind of get my creative juices flowing. I like the video editing and putting stuff together. And when I do my TikToks, that's kind of how I get creative. And I love the idea of trying to help this, uh, this product grow into something bigger. And I like that they've let me get my hands on it and help them a little bit in that regard. Good, man. They're fucking lucky to have you. Hey, uh, a thought popped up into my head when you were when you were talking about this. Where where do you think the origin of beef uh, lies in terms of it referring to some sort of squabble or disagreement? So like, why beef? Why wasn't it like I got a lamb? I got a lamb chop with this guy. Pork. Pork. I got pork with this dude. Or like my this my wife and I are, are ground chickening right now. You know what? I I wish I had something kind of funny you or an anecdote for this one, don't you? I'm just I'm so intrigued on what the real answer is that I'm having like a brain cramp on trying to come up with something funny. So I'm also doing a little delay tactic here and typing oh, okay. it in. All right. Well, do you thought... do you know the answer of where it comes from? No, I don't. But I, I'm curious, you know, and if I think cows were a little bit more uh a little bit more conscious of today's uh, media landscape, they would probably take a lot of offense that, you know, their uh, innards are basically being used as uh, to, to connote some sort of rift between people. And the same thing is like uh, being a, a Karen, right? Like beef is the Karen of the animal slash insult world you're you're spot on i think <laughs> i think i think you're dead on i'm curious uh, where i'm tr- from uh let's see if we've got um it says beef meaning to complain is a coinage of the mid 19th century um it came from an anonymous burglar's memoir published in new york in 1865 uh man an anonymous burglars memoir i didn't i don't know of many burglars who leave memoirs <laughs> mostly they're trying to just uh, fly under the radar a little bit yeah why are you writing a memoir about everything you burgled i wish i wish we could get a little like 30 for 30 behind the scenes on the ham burglar you remember him oh yeah one of the great characters in um fast food lore who else who else is there Grimace. Grimace was great. And then you had um you had like the little chicken nugget guys. <laughs> they were they were the least um they were the most cooked of any of the uh 
any of those sort of sponsors, right? Well, you got the Burger King, you know? The Burger King, yeah. Colonel Sanders. Uh, what's his name? Dave. Uh, Wendy. Wendy's Dave. Dave. Yeah, uh, Dave was Dave was the guy behind Wendy's. Although yeah. Wendy herself was the face. Yeah, kind of. Uh, you're leaving out Ronald McDonald. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, it goes without saying, Ronald McDonald. Um, and then Grimm the... kind of seemed like Snuffleupagus to me, but McDonald's form. Yeah, I could see some parallels there. Do you remember the California raisins? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I love my mom to death. I want to. I want to get that out there before what I'm about to say. All right, we're going to sandwich it with I love her, and then we're going to switch to a but, and then we're going to finish it off with, but damn, I love her. Yeah. All right. I love my mom to death. <laughs> but I'm I'm honestly curious how many how many just ridiculous calories I was just I had funneled into me and I was probably to blame too, but she was the adult in charge of the scenario. Yeah. But, you know, going and getting a happy meal so that I could get the Hamburglar and the Grimace toys. And I really hearken back to the days where there was Beanie Babies involved. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Because, again, I want to go back and say, I love my mom to death. But she was after those Beanie Babies, and I I took down a king's ransom of of Happy Meals trying to to collect all those damn Thai little Beanie Babies that she had. I think I think a lot of my body issues probably stem from this goddamn Beanie Baby fiasco. <laughs> oh my god! I think I think I have my body dysmorphia is to blame, or the the Beanie Babies are to blame for my body dysmorphia. Again, I love I love my mom to pieces, but mom, did you really need to get Peter the platypus that bad that you were just going to chalk me full of preservatives and sodium time after time after time watching me? Be- oh. Yeah, I love my mom. I love my mom to death, but that was unnecessary. There are. Uh, have you seen like the video of that couple? or like a photo of that couple who are getting a divorce and they're in court and they're dividing up their beanie babies in court. I have not, but that's, that sounds like America. Beanie babies had to be, has to be one of the greatest grifts in American history. Because Can they, you define they that word for me? A grift? It's a con. Yeah. A con? A con, yeah. It's like, so a, a grifter. Grifter is, a, is running as a con, con person, con, yeah. and so, um, I, I saw a photo on uh, last month or something. Someone posted a beanie baby on Reddit and it had like projected value. You know, when you buy it, it was five dollars, in 15 years, it was going to be worth five thousand, in 30 years, it was going to be worth like fifty thousand. And so, you're going. This is the one of the best investments I could possibly make. I can drop five dollars in thirty years; it'll be fifty thousand. But it's just proof that were printed on <laughs> the packaging. Like, <laughs> why were we buying into this? Like, there must have been an amazing marketing campaign. Like, I, I don't know how this culture started. I'm sure Hulu has a documentary or some shit about this. But Beanie Babies, uh, the I original love, grift, the original grift. The original plush toy grift. Although I will say, um, uh, not Care Bears. What am I thinking of? The uh, shit, not My Little Ponies. It was like the the. Did you have a baby growing up? Um, <laughs> Flip that off. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The uh, shit. Uh, it must have been one of the greatest marketing campaigns of the '80s or something. Cabbage Patch Kids. A Cabbage Patch Kid. Yes. Thank you. Uh, a cabbage patch kid. Did you have one of those growing up? I'm sure I did. Yeah, I don't know why, but it became such a thing. And it became, for me, at least my family, it was much more of a thing for my parents to get it for us. And me and my brother and sister, we each have, I'm sure it's, we each have one. I'm sure it's in a bin somewhere. Um, but 
it wasn't I, I don't remember any of us ever taking any interest in Cabbage Patch Kids but the no. parents must have been targeted real hard by some marketing genius yeah and I think a lot of the a lot of you ifsters out there that are in our age range if you feel like if you feel like you had Cabbage Patch unnecessarily thrust upon you why don't you shoot us an email at thebigifpod at gmail.com? Uh, maybe there's a class action lawsuit to be had there. I but yeah, I don't remember ever pawning for a, oh, I need a Cabbage Patch Kid. That was an, a, they were marketing to the, <laughs> to the adults. The adults like you're and then we were just the collateral damage. Yeah, you, you are a better parent if you buy your child a Cabbage Patch Kid. That I don't know why. Maybe there was a valuation on it, what it'd be worth in 30 years. But um, yeah, that was that was a phenomenon uh, of our adolescent years. Do you remember? This is just going to be a big bash my family episode. Well, sandwich it. Yeah, I love. Well, I don't want to give away the ending here, but well, the ending you- is. But I love my family. <laughs> I love my family dearly. Uh, do you remember Fraggle Rock? Oh, yeah. Down in Fraggle Rock. Yeah. So I was a big Fraggle Rock guy. I must have been. <laughs> Clip that one off. I must have been about five years old. I loved Fraggle Rock. And I was having my birthday party at, this is another blast from the past, at the Discovery Zone. You remember oh, the Discovery? How can I forget the Discovery Zone? Like, uh, uh, Yeah. Do you remember the the local athlete that was kind of attached to the Discovery Zone in terms of marketing and whatnot? I remember they had like a cardboard cutout of them there. It was a local athlete? Yeah. I don't know. Bob Tewksbury? <laughs> that would have been great but ozzy smith oh nice so in addition to being a huge fraggle rock guy i was also ozzy smith was my childhood hero and i invited ozzy smith to my birthday party at the discovery zone that year spoiler alert to him i'm sorry how'd you get the word out to him Did you just write him a letter <laughs> i i'm sure Jeannie had She's probably like, I got his address just to let me handle that. <laughs> so I invite Ozzy Smith to my birthday party at the Discovery Zone. Spoiler alert, he didn't come. But I did. <laughs> there was a present uh, waiting for me at the birthday party. Um, and as I opened it, it was some Fraggle Rock books. And who sent it? Mr. Wizard himself. Osborne Earl Smith, the wizard himself, Ozzy Smith. So, wow. you know, I forgave him for not coming to the party. They probably had an away game or something that day, but uh, he made up for it. by. No, how dare he? he might, I mean, who cares about a three-game series midweek in Milwaukee? It's a long season, Ozzy. Can't you just skip one? game to go, yeah. come to some kid you don't know's birthday party backflip your ass down to the local discovery zone <laughs> and give the yeah. to him in person that's crazy that he knew you you really liked fraggle rock though that's, isn't it isn't it crazy that he knew exactly what to get me yeah <laughs> so i get these fraggle rock books from the wizard himself and thrilled about it I must have been about 16 or 17 years old when my Aunt Kathy revealed to me that she was the one behind the Fraggle Rock books. It was not Ozzy. So not only did he not come to the party, he didn't send those books. Oh, my gosh. Well, who does she think she is? Why didn't, Why not just uh, leave that alone? Until Deception. You're 30-something. Deception at its finest. Wow. What age were you uh, during this Discovery Zone party? You remember? Uh, probably somewhere between like six, eight, something like that. But I found out I was driving when I found out that it wasn't really Ozzy. So this was a long period later when she waited a full decade before shattering your dreams. Essentially, the long con. 
The long con. Big grift there. <laughs> big grift. The big grift should be our, our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> or if people are ripping on us, like our our uh, arch enemy podcast, whatever that may be. Someone with like Michael Schwalbert on it. He would probably call us the big grift. We better stay away from this reunion coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. Are you going? I don't know for sure. I did not respond to uh, the request. What's the price tag uh, on this on 20 years? I'm not sure. I don't think it's much. I don't think it's like a all-inclusive gala like the one that we threw just 10 years ago. It was truly, a, it was a volleyball gala with late arriving barbecue. Um, but uh, where's it at? Uh, Villa Antonio wine, Winery. Oh, nice. I was kind of hoping it'd be like on Windows on Washington or something like that. Well, that brings up some other just terrible memories. <laughs> what about Windows off Washington? Any better? Uh, whichever one our prom was at, I don't really want to think about. I can't remember which one it was. I'm this episode is really just it's been like a therapy session. I'm starting to kind of see what has kind of made me into the insecure person I am today. And I don't know Chicken how nuggets, Windows on Washington, uh, Ozzy Smith and Fraggle Rock are to blame for pretty much all. I mean, I think you just nailed the millennial angst right there. <laughs> like what's that show on uh hbo that's about like young angst and uh euphoria have you seen euphoria uh no i haven't but it's like a uh it's really big with gen z isn't it i think so it's like gen z's hbo show where they can go and um get a pass to watch uh sex and drugs and it's you know honestly i think it's healthy for these kids what was our show in that time? Um, Dawson's I, Creek? No. Um, no, you need some F-bombs or something. I mean, I would I would almost say a, the late arriving show for us would have been Entourage or something like that. But you almost have to rewind a little bit further, I think, to find something. Um, I don't have a good reference in mind, but. I'm sure that there was another one like that where it's like, oh, uh, these kids, you know, kind of look like me or at least my age and they're doing all this stuff. Um, not that I've ever really taken permission to do stuff from, <laughs> from a TV show, but it makes you think, right? Yeah. It's just something to aspire to. Did you like Dawson's Creek? Never I don't know why I'm so fixated on Dawson's Creek, but. The only thing I can think of in, about Dawson's Creek is the opening credits. I'm sure I saw an episode here or there, but I, it's washed from my memory. I do remember um, the... Um, I don't want to wait. Yeah. Can you name the artist? Oh, Lisa Loeb? I don't know. Paula Cole. Paula Cole. Where have all the cowboys gone? Hey, what do you think James Vanderbeek's net worth is? We like to play that game. Um, JVB, what is your net worth, pal? I would say with Dawson's Creek, how many seasons did Dawson's Creek go? Six? <sighs> Give me he a second. He got paid handsomely for that. I mean, he, he, was, he was the main character, right? Was he Dawson? Yeah. Really? That was his, he was Dawson. It was his Creek. Dawson Leary. Dawson Leary. Um, he also, uh, I mean, varsity, varsity blues. blues. I yeah, don't um, want your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Iconic. Iconic. There, I don't know how you knew Great that, or if you just, I don't know if you just threw that out, but yeah, there was six seasons of Dawson's Creek. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Six seasons. I'm going to go by the end. He's probably making a hundred K an episode. Um, I'm going to go. James Vanderbeek, and he's continued to act here and there. So I'm going to go about six, seven million. Maybe more. The headline on this completely 
unverified website that was the first thing on Google. It says James Vanderbeek's surprisingly low net worth has fans wondering how he still makes any money. Oh, that's, that's a, a little it's cutting. Yeah, if I were James Vanderbeek, I would start writing blogs just to optimize myself and make myself sound cool and drive those rankings down. So that's not the first thing you see on Google. James Vanderbeek has a net worth of $8 million, according to Celebrity Net Worth. And who is this guy on this weird, you know what? I don't even want to say his website and drive traffic in Belgium, especially. But how dare he criticize Dawson and John Moxley? No, wait, Moxon? I don't know. The quarterback from Varsity Blues. John Moxon. Mox. And Amy Smart was uh, his girlfriend. The whipped cream bikini. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, see, okay. Maybe, maybe not Dawson's Creek, but Varsity Blues was a lot closer to our version of Euphoria because that's true. You know, um, they went have- to the strip. One of my favorite lines from that movie is they went to the strip club and Miss Davis was yeah. a dancer there. Yeah. And, and they showed her boobs. Yeah. Ooh. And then I think when they went back to school the next week, uh, Billy Bob, the overweight offensive lineman, had yeah, become that's a just a name for an overweight offensive lineman, I think. He was so enamored with Miss Davis that he said, Miss Davis, will you go prom me? Yes, I remember. Yeah, and then you had what, uh, I think was probably more uh, has been more successful from that movie was uh, Tweeter. Tweeter, yeah, Scott Kahn. Yeah, because he's been on like uh, I don't know, like CSI Hawaii or something for years or whatever it is. Miami Vice. He was he was uh, had Casey Affleck as a sidekick in some of those Oceans movies. Yeah, they were brothers. Hmm. varsity blues equals euphoria for today's and then you know they had uh parties where they drank um uh, you know they uh would puke and then rally you remember puke and rally oh yeah yeah not a not a great relationship with the parent the right. parent was kind of like forcing football on mocks so uh, you know a high yeah. schooler could probably empathize with that And then Jonathan Voigt delivering just an Oscar-winning performance. Didn't they? uh, Oscar-worthy performance, I should say. Did he? He was obviously the villain. Did he like? He gave a speech and then nobody followed him. Did they play the second half without a coach or something? Yeah, they did. And then Mox stood up and gave this speech about how he's like, "You pay the play the next." 30 minutes for the next 30 minutes. He's like, we're going to be gods out there. And, uh, and then everyone rallied around, around Mox. And even though coach was threatening to take away his scholarship from Brown, uh, he he still had enough guts to stand up to Jonathan Voigt and, uh, you know, do his own thing. So I, you know, I learned a lot from Jonathan Mox and I Moxon and I gotta say <laughs> that's still one of the best soundtracks that I can that I can remember. What song comes to mind? I have a song that's just it's playing softly in my head as you're describing all these things. There goes my hero. Yeah, the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. I don't think I I don't think I don't realize I don't think I realized how much I loved this movie. Yeah, it was our euphoria. Kids kids need this sort of stuff. You know, they need um, subversive content in their lives just to mature a little bit or to even just to look back on, you know, when you're middle aged <laughs> and you have a podcast. With you want a podcast with your buddy and you can recount this. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is our highest grossing episode. I we might get a sponsorship out of this. Well, let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk a little sex. How you feel about that? About sex? About talking it. Talk about sex talk? <laughs> like pillow talk? 
<laughs> no, I just mean right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about sex, baby. Here's the TikTok sex tip you should try based on your Zodiac sign. Okay, sounds scientific. <laughs> it's definitely scientific. Let me ask you first, what is your sign? I am a Taurus. Ooh, a bull. You're a young bull. I'm a bull. I'm stubborn. And I really uh, shift my weight into things. <laughs> Hold on. Did you finish off your story with, but damn, I love my family. <laughs> I don't think we sandwiched that correctly. <laughs> Can we reverse back real quick before we start talking about uh, Taurus sex? <laughs> I do love my family. There we go. All right. Are we not? <laughs> we passed through that gate. Now we can enter through another. Is it safe to say at this point in the episode, are we not going to do the what? The... We're we're well into our B block over here. I don't think we're going to make it on chat roulette today. That's fine. We'll get them next time. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you know. <laughs> I can't. You, I, I don't know. know so many people on chat roulette are just waiting there, waiting for us to come on. They've heard. By the way, I'm wondering if, uh, well, I guess we wouldn't be able to tell if Michael listened. He didn't. It's not like he emailed us. <laughs> I, I got to check the, the junk folder. I don't know if you knew this, but Taurus is ruled by Venus, the planet of love and music. And natives of this sign prefer to live in the pastures of pleasure. Does that feel like you? Pastures of pleasure? For sure. <laughs> Uh, the coconut challenge is a trend where you spell out the word coconut with your hips while on top during sex to give Ooh. your partner maximum pleasure through the power of rhythm. Oh, I like that. Spell <laughs> I like that a lot. I want to be a Taurus. Coke. Uh, I'm writing out the words coconut right now. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of uh, circular hip movement as opposed to thrusting. Like you got the C. <laughs> going right into the O, back to a C, back to an O. And then it's more of like an up. It's a, it's very, um, besides. Why don't the, you, would you be willing to stand up and do that for us? Yeah. Here, let me give it a go. So you're kind of like, um, you know, you're kind of like a C and then more of an O and then back to the C coming through the O. And then uh, what's next? Oh, the nut. In. The There's nut. a nut. In. And then you got the U. Yeah. And then the T with the cross. The T with the cross doesn't seem to fit with with the coconut. But I, like, I, I love the idea. I would have came by the time I got to the second O. <laughs> Well, Your wife's going to love this challenge. Yeah, she's... Uh, I'll have to report back next time and let you know how uh, how the coconut challenge went. Tur tur how would you pronounce this word? T-A-U-R-E-A-N-S. Torians? That wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Torians? Yeah. Is that is that the name for Tauruses? Yeah, Torians are noted for their possessive tendencies. So make like Megan the Stallion and spell out your name instead. I like coconut I, better. I like coconut better than than Jeff. It's a it's a longer form of uh it's a longer pasture of pleasure, I think, than just Jeff. Jeff sound it's gonna be weak. <laughs> Be better. Okay, I'm sh I'm usually very. Is it all capital letters? It's, it's your hips. Even even if it was capital, it'd be even worse because you got those two F's on the end, so you're constantly like, you know, back and. This it, is one instance side to side. It just doesn't work. This is one instance where I'm willing to put aside my beef <laughs> with. Jeff's that's name start with G E O. Yeah. And I would say right. this this would be better. A a Jeff with a G would be better for this. Yeah. Fuck. Even blind squirrels, though. But go ahead. Well, I'm a can I'm a cancer. Okay. So, so what do you have a pasture of pleasure or is there something else 
Is is the idea behind this pastures of pleasure, or did I just latch onto that with the Taurus? I think that's that's a you thing with the with the Taurus, and I could see why you'd make that connection. I love the alliteration, so I'm happy to claim it for my myself. But I'm a sad boy, Cancer. Um, is that what it and, says, sad boy? No, that I put that in there. Oh. All right. Well, the, when you're reading scientific articles, try not to editorialize too much. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> so my my uh, what is this? A TikTok challenge? TikTok sex tips you should try based on your zodiac sign. I'm a Cancer. Here is where I insert my own editorial. Sad okay. boy. Okay. And tantric sex. Is mm. what they're telling me. Seems more complicated than spelling out coconut. Well, let's find out. Intimacy driven, mm-hmm. moon ruled cancer wants to be as close as possible to their partner on every level physical, psychic, and emotional. Mm. What? Okay. Into, into, into going and getting deep. Stone recommends cancers explore ancient tantric sex techniques. Tantric sex is a form of sexual meditation in which partners are encouraged to explore their deepest sensations during sex. Many couples practice tantric sex to feel connected to their partner on a higher level. Tantric relationship, no, tantric techniques. I'm having trouble reading. Tantric techniques help to form a close, intimate connection either to your partner or to yourself that's both intense and enlightened. Hmm. So your partner has to be intense and enlightened too, or is this something that is, you're just building a bridge of intensity and enlightenment towards your partner? I mean, it feels like if a sad boy cancer like myself is over here trying to get tantric with a raging bull like you, Taurus, yeah, if I'm spelling coconut and you're trying to get tantric, then it, doesn't <laughs> it ain't going to work. Fit. Does it recommend uh, which sign you get tantric with? Uh, let's find out. Singer Sting and his wife, Trudy Styler, have been practicing tantric sex for years. And in addition to closeness and powerful climaxes, the quote, sacrament of tantric sex appears to be stalling the aging process in both parties. Win, win, win. So no, it doesn't tell me who to do. Can you have other tantric connections that, that are non-sexual? I had a tantric experience about this time last year that was non-sexual. What, what enlighten, give, build me a bridge of enlightenment here. What did what kind of tantric experience and what kind of tantric technique did you bring to this experience? Well, my technique was to eat some mushrooms and go to a concert by myself. Oh, very nice. So I went to the her concert Mm -hmm. and I remember describing it as a tantric experience. Wow. The lights, the music, just everything, all in, Everything included made that a tantric night and it had nothing to do with sex. You really felt connected to what was going on. And that, that... I felt like I was inside of her. Nice. nice. <laughs> I see that. I see what happened there and I like it. Uh, that's fantastic. I think, um, you know, we should all strive to be a little bit more tantric in our everyday interactions. This stuck this stuck out to me. Aries, is your wife an Aries? Um, I think so. When's her birthday? March 31st. She is an Aries. Oh, okay. So if you want to take notes, this one is the four-minute foreplay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alliteration again. Make sure I get that pin click on the microphone there so everyone knows I'm taking notes. Yeah, four-minute foreplay. Aries folk are an impatient, impassioned lot. Who feel who? F- I'm gonna go back. There's a lot, lot of who alliteration, f- and, and <laughs> yeah, this is hard for me to read. They're loving alliteration here. And in three, two, one, Aries folk are an impatient, impassioned lot who <laughs> fill five. This is poorly written. This is poorly written. Come on, get through it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
who Phil find their fire fan. God damn it. What? Phil find their fire fan? <laughs> that can't be. That cannot be what that's supposed to say. Aries folk are an impatient, impassioned lot who Phil find their fire <laughs> Do they mean still find their fire? What the Phil part? Who is is Phil like? Is it a comma after they fill? There's no their... commas. Oh my gosh, this is awful. There's no commas. No one proofread this. No. And okay, I'm gonna get through this first okay. sentence. Okay, take three. Aries folk are an impatient, impassioned lot. Who fill <laughs> who fill find their fire fanned by the four minute foreplay trend? Damn. Okay. Experts suggest setting a four minute timer and taking turns pleasing your partner. How does that sound? That sounds good. I, you know what? I um we use Alexa a lot to set timers. But I, During I, foreplay. No, um, just generally, like for cooking and stuff, and uh, yeah, you know, I don't know that I want to bring Alexa into this and be like, Alexa, start a four minute timer called my turn, or <laughs> I, I want to throw out a challenge to you to find a way, and perhaps you fill find your fire fan, <laughs> but I, I would like you to bring Alexa into your you and your wife's bedroom experiences uh i i don't know if i can you can't promise that, that can you i can't promise that you know we we had a uh we had an episode a month or two ago about phaedra who phil <laughs> yeah i got more on that yeah and um i don't know that i'm ready to bring ai or even uh just devices that can listen to you into uh, my private relationship with my wife. Fair enough. Your fire shall not be fanned. As Melissa Stone explains, four minutes of foreplay can be beneficial because it gives both partners time to become aroused and help to reduce the risk of premature ejaculation. See, that's where I disagree. What, greater arousal increases... Uh, time to ejaculate i guess it depends on what the, what the foreplay situation is like you can't let it get too heavy yeah i would rather bring in i'd rather bring in like shades of tantra Great. oh into that four minutes where it's maybe it's um uh kind of a um a very connected type of of foreplay Okay. Or well, additionally, coconut routine. I really want to hear back about this coconut thing. We, we will never talk about it again on air, but let's do it. <laughs> additionally, it can help to build anticipation and excitement and can help partners connect emotionally and physically. Erotic, efficient, entirely Aries. This is, I don't like this writing. No, this, someone has got a hard on for alliteration and. I think that's that's fine in certain circumstances, but when you're actually trying to read something, <laughs> yeah, on your podcast, yeah, nonetheless, they did not write to podcast hosts whatsoever. All right, I'm going to do one more, and then we're going to bail on this because, but this one just the picture got me. Uh, this is for Gemini's May 21st through June 20th, and the technique is called Corgasm. Oh, these are for for fitness guys, you said. Well, the picture is of three people planking in the gym. And the, the little subtext under the picture says plank holds and orgasm release are the stuff of dreams for dual action Gemini's. Dual action Gemini. Oh, my gosh. I like that. I like that. All right. I'm going to see if I can get through this one a little easier. Gemini is ruled by mischievous Mercury planet of novelty curiosity tricks and wordplay and i just want to throw this in there i feel like do you think it's possible that different people wrote the different 
because I'm there's a lot of punctuation in this one, and I didn't see that in the other the last one I read. Could they have pieced this together with different writers? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, they could have just scoured the internet for all these little pieces. And I mean, the Bible's got like 50 different writers, doesn't it? You're asking the wrong person. Enter the corgasm. As Stone explains, a corgasm is an orgasm that is caused by engaging in physical activities such as crunches, yoga, or Pilates. Since these activities engage the core muscles, they can help to increase arousal and lead to a more intense orgasm. Oh, okay. I can buy into that. You got a strong yeah. core. You know, you probably um core core is everything. I I already I did a little peek and I looked down to like the end of the next paragraph just to see what little little snippet they put in, and I'm gonna like this one. Additionally, engaging in physical activities can help to increase the connection between partners, making for a more enjoyable experience. Quote ever on the track of multitasking, twins will appreciate the two birds with one stone or bone, as it were, effect of working out and getting down. Climaxes and caloric burn, here, here. Twins? (laughs) I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that part came from. I think you've got two different writers, if not 12 or 13, uh, who are contributing to this article. Ever on the track of multitasking, twins will appreciate the two birds with one stone or bone, as it were, effect of working out and getting down. Climaxes and caloric burn here, here, exclamation point. I can only imagine uh, if there's any sort of editorial review. (laughs) There's not. This article that the, uh, you know, the chief editor was like hold on hold on when you say stone add in this little bit like about or bone as it <laughs> and they're winking at you know their junior writer or something and and they're probably just like all right I, this I was guy gonna, sucks yeah i was gonna submit this for an award but not you just fucked me or bone or bone well i think the taurus i think you guys got the uh i'm i will read I'm going to read these on my own more later, but the Taurus seem to take the cake so far. I think we have, I think as far as um, technique goes or just ease of access, that of the three I've heard between Taurus, Aries, or Taurus of the four, I guess, right? Taurus, Cancer, Aries, Gemini. Mine seems the most feasible. Like I can enact this now. I I hope that you do it by the by the time the clock strikes 6 p.m. I want you to have spelled out coconut in your wife's guts. <laughs> All right. I think that's a good enough place to finish off this episode. And uh <laughs> glad we're close. Um, but uh yeah, yeah, I might try other words uh too, maybe like boo boo kitty or something like that. Boo boo kitty. Yeah. I'm just thinking of like the O's and the swirls and everything. There did seem to be a lot of circular motion in the the coconut. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Which, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, um, if you have any sexual techniques that you want to <laughs> share with us, please, for the love of God, please write us at, write into us on our email which is spelled out as such the big if pod yeah pod like podcast like podcast at gmail.com let us know uh what you're working with out there maybe we'll start a little forum um honestly again we have received zero emails if you were to even like maybe maybe you're writing into the big if puff at gmail.com and you it's a spelling issue and we, if it was a spelling issue we'll bring it up on the podcast just fucking right into us the whole next show i promise you will be dedicated to your email if you email us and i will put ten dollars in the mail and just send you a ten dollar bill 
Yeah. I'll, and I'll put $10 worth of Beanie Babies in the mail and Ooh. email it to you no matter where you are in the world. And I want to say I love my family. I love them dearly. But come on. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>